Well, here we are. You hear that, Jewel? Are those crickets? That is the sound of no baseball. Is what did that you is. Just, did you just get like an overwhelming sense of depression too? <laughs> Pure darkness. Pure darkness. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Welcome to the Baseball Together Podcast, Baseball Family. I am Brad, and this week I am joined by our guy, Jewel. Welcome, Jewel. How are you today? Doing amazing. Always a pleasure. Aside Always from a pleasure. the darkness. Aside from the darkness that is the situation that at the, that's at hand. Yes, it is very dark indeed. For those of you who don't know, baseball is currently locked out, which means there is no baseball activity. Um, Brig and I have been talking about this for two and a half years about now. Uh, so Jewel and I will get into it in a little bit. Before we get there, let's talk about some of these last-minute deals before the CBA expired um, the eve of the first. So first, we had – this is something I thought was really funny, Jewel. I don't know if you caught this over the last couple weeks, but the Rangers made a deal for John Gray from uh, the uh, Rockies, right? Yeah, no, that was actually in my um, blog post today, uh, Tasty Talk. Oh, very nice. Very good. So, I talked about this. Uh, the, we talked about it last week. I joked with, with Jonathan about it, that that the Rangers made a deal for John Gray and actually paid him pretty well. And I was like, I wonder if he thought he's getting Sonny Gray. And then the next day it comes out that the Rangers asked about making a deal for Sonny Gray. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Chris Young was thinking here. I mean... It was literally back in 2018, the guy he's paying $14 million in 2018, which is not that long ago, led the National League in earned runs. Well, he was pitching in Colorado, so I'll give him a little bit of a pass there. But at the same time, that doesn't happen every year. So His nearly, nearly 4.0 FIP. Doesn't really give him a pass. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You're right. You're right. Not for fourteen million dollars. And let's be honest, we are AL West homers. We are both Mariners fans, so we're going to try to knock the Rangers down as much as we can. It might happen several times throughout the night. Here, we'll see how it goes. I don't even know why they like. <laughs> no one. I just don't understand how they how Gray got for his agent. Hats off to his agent. Yeah. That yeah, his agent did some did some finagling there, and I'm I'm convinced that they thought it was Sonny Gray. Like he thought I, that he was talking to Sonny Gray's agent. Yeah, I think what if the same agent represents both of them, and then his agent was like, "Oh, here's John." It like, been. oh, okay, a pitcher works out it for me. Have been. Yeah, a pitcher named Gray, but yeah. So so the Rangers apparently did inquire about trading for Sonny Gray. That's your funny for the week right there. Uh, the next deal we had, Chris Taylor went back to the Dodgers. I'm not really surprised about that because he wasn't going to fetch a whole lot of money on the market. Uh, he's a, he's nope. a really good player. He's a great postseason player. He's come in clutch for the Dodgers several times in the last few years, but he's kind of been buried, like I said, kind of been buried in the regular season, and so yep. he hasn't had a chance to prove himself there yet. He's a but great he is. Dodger. He is a great Dodger. He'll go down as one of the great Dodgers because of the impact he has had mm-hmm. on the postseason. So yep. good for He's him. Great Four for years, the sixty Dodgers. million. Yes. Four years, sixty million. And this is the thing too, is that up until this year, he belongs in the National League because of oh, the yeah. whole thing with the pitchers and everything like that. If they end up doing something like tying the DH to 
the pitcher, I could see him being a late game DH and being fantastic at it. Oh yeah, no, and I think he even has a chance to be a starter this next season. You know, with second base opening up there. That's true. Yeah, second shortstop. base will be wide open. Shortstop. Well, Trey Turner should be moving over to short. That's true. You're right. Yeah, Trey Turner will be over at short. Uh, but yeah, second base will be open, and and, and Chris Taylor can have field too. a major impact there. Yeah, I mean, the dude can play anywhere. He can literally yeah. play anywhere and play it yeah. well too. He's not like mm-hmm. your jack of all trades utility guy who does fine, who's serviceable. He's really good at what he does. Yeah, no, he's great. So. He's he's fantastic. He's well earned fifteen mil a year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Good for him. Uh, we also had Marcus Stroman going to the Cubs three years, $71 million there. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah. The Cubs, especially for the Cubs, a team that granted they have a really strong farm system right now after all the wheeling and dealing they did at the trade deadline this year. But I don't, that's a win now move. And I don't see them winning in the next three years. I think a lot of it also with a couple of these moves, like this move for the for the Cubs is possibly setting up for what we could see with CBA talks, the salary floor. It could be, yeah. I mean I think it's a lineup move. I mean, that's what I feel with a few of these moves, honestly. The like, teams spending money because they feel like they have, they're gonna have to. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But, but man, that's like I said, that to me, that's my first thought was win now, and I don't feel like they're going to win in the next three years because Strowman's a guy you bring in to oh, like yeah. round out your starters, right? Yeah, but I think three years, you know, he's 30, so they're going to get the back half of his prime unless he has an extended, you know, late career, which he could. You know, he I don't did think miss he's going to end up being like injuries. a Scherzer, though. No, but I think he'll be a serviceable like 3 4, but, you know, mm-hmm. why not make your money with at the tail end of your prime? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, if I was him, I'd take the money for sure. I was just a little confused about the Cubs, but that's just me. Um, I mean, it's a great, it, he's going to be everything for them, though. He's going to be is. the guy. So. He is. Yeah, and that might be what he wants to. Yeah. Um, but we've also got Mark Melancon. Melancon? Melancon? Melancon. Melanson, not even close. Wow. Uh, to the D-backs, maybe I need to learn how to read a pronunciation guide. <laughs> Mark Melanson going to the Diamondbacks. Play MLB the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or maybe don't watch Maybe don't watch games on mute anymore. I don't know. No. <laughs> maybe that should be my next step. <laughs> no, Two that's years funny. <laughs> that's today's funny, guys. <laughs> we got you with the first one. <laughs> Two years, fourteen million for him. Um, that's a good move for the D backs. They needed some. I love it. And he'll come in and good deal for him. Good deal for the D backs. He's oh great he's, deal. Uh, what thirty seven right now? Yeah, I think he's a little bit older. So a guy that you can still count on in the eighth, ninth inning mm-hmm. and to get the, the job D-backs, done. The D backs are really young. Aside from Mad Bum, they're really young. So having oh, yeah. a guy come in like him and kind of. I don't know if it's like bring order bridge. to that, that clubhouse. Bridge. A bridge, yeah. But also like, I don't know, bring in some experience besides Mad Bum, you know? Yeah. Have another besides guy. Besides Mad Bum and Cattell Marquet. Yeah. Because, man, like that team is so young. I remember going to games last year and looking up on the scoreboard when, I, when guys would come up. And like, first off, they all looked like they were about 14 or 15 years old and made me feel <laughs> really old. But most of them... We're probably 23, 24, 25 tops. Mm-hmm. The majority mm-hmm. of them. That's a really young team. If they can figure it out, they could be really good. Yeah. 
but no, I, agree. I, I don't know. They had a rough year last year, though. I think I think it'll be good for them to, to bring him. And then uh, Corey Knebel to the Phillies. The Phillies needed The Phillies needed a bullpen move. It doesn't really mm-hmm. scream like let's surround our now two-time MVP with more talent. Mm-hmm. But we well, have plenty really, of talent around them. They really needed. They really needed bullpen help. Big time, big time. They struggled in the bullpen this year, and like, it, it they is would have been in the playoffs if they would have had a Nebel. You know, that's the thing that's crazy about about Major League Baseball. It's a 162 game season, but then it comes down to like the last couple days so often. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I wonder about like wonder about teams in April and May. I don't want to say mailing it in in close games, but maybe not like doing making every move they could have to win a game in april or may because it's only april or may and it's a long season right yeah like the no, one that comes to I mind agree. specifically for me was with the mariners probably eight or nine years seven eight nine years ago something like that they had justin smoke this is to tell you how long ago it was on first base as the tying run and they didn't they didn't pinch run for him there's I a think ball that's when they the... even had D Gordon, and I don't think D Gordon was in that game. No, it was that was it was just pre D Gordon. Oh, um, pre D. Yeah, it was. Uh, but still, they had they had guys on the bench who could run for him. Eric Burns faster than Justin Smoke. Burns Burns might have even been on the team at the time. Um, but uh, it might be anyway. I might be mixing up my timelines. But anyways, there's a shot in the gap, and he was out by about four feet of the plate. If they had anybody else in there who could move, that's a tie game, and they go on. Oh yeah, and they end up. I was like, you gotta try to win those games, still, especially when you're Seattle, and it's yeah. gonna come down to the last couple games of the season if you're in the hunt. And I think, I think that's another thing, you know, even to allude to possibly later in this episode when we talk um, about a possible expanded playoff format. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that could change is that we see more competition starting in April as opposed to August. Mm-hmm. I because agree. every game truly will matter when there's. A, I mean, we see it in the NFL right now. Oh yeah, and granted, it's only a seventeen-game season. Let's just get into it. Let's get into it right now because that's just, that's just our next thing on the lineup here. Um, so the CBA expired, like I said, at eleven fifty-nine on the first of this mm-hmm. month. So going into the second, uh, we we no longer had a collective bargaining agreement in Major League Baseball as of twelve oh one, I believe it was um, for the first the time in twenty-seven years. Had a work stoppage. The owners locked out the players. Um, Rob Manfred, I think it was at twelve oh two released a letter to the fans and mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I will put a link down in the description for you. Basically what it was, was he came out hot against the players, tried oh, to yeah. paint them as the enemy in this um, saying that their inability to bring negotiable points to the table and negotiate with the owners is the reason this happened. Basically saying that this is their fault. The reason we locked them out is because yeah. it's their fault. It's like, well, no. I mean, I'm not a big Tony Clark fan myself, but at the same time, like the owners, like Rob Manfred, isn't the best negotiator either. We saw that happen no. last summer. Yeah, yeah, we we did. <laughs> we all know how that went. Sixty games. Well, and the and you know, going back to that though, like I think we saw the mess that that was last summer. Like Brig and I have been doomsday in this. Like I said, for almost. Three for like two and a half. Oh years yeah, now. we we all know this was coming, especially since COVID. We all knew this was. Yeah, coming. and and last last summer, watching all this, all the negotiating, quote unquote, going on, and then finally when they did reach an agreement, and Rob Manfred said sixty games was always the number. It's like, excuse me, that reeks 
of not negotiating in good faith to me. Oh, yeah. That's a terrible move and terrible thing for him to come out and say because, A, the players should have filed a grievance against that and maybe sued them. And, B, it's like, then why didn't you pitch 60 games to begin with? Yeah. No, like, why even try to do a half a season, start after the All-Star break or anything like that? You know, it was, I don't know, it was all, it was bad from the beginning. It was, and... and and that inability to negotiate plus Tony Clark's inability to budge and compromise yeah. is what's got us in this mess right now. Yeah. Like it's really frustrating. And I don't want, like I said, I don't want to be like a doomsdayer about this, but I'm holding off on buying my spring training tickets at this point. That's for sure. Me too. And I was, I was wanting to plan to, <laughs> I want to plan a trip. I know. I don't I want to take down my and kids. You. And I want to yeah, exactly, exactly. but um but these are there are some main issues like some main talking points that have oh yeah led to this point like joel you've talked about the salary floor and the salary cap is is typically like there typically can't be a floor without a cap um but you said that you were reading places that they were talking floor with no cap is that right so this is so i'm actually yep so i'm posting something on thursday on the blog um, actually hitting five key points of CBA negotiations and salary cap floor is one of them. So the, one of the best things about baseball is that we don't have a salary cap, which is great. We have the luxury tax instead. The luxury tax hasn't been raised since 2012. So it's about 15 to 18% off to where it should be mm-hmm. going into this season with proper inflation and proper like just raises over t- the course of time which the owners have basically each saved a hundred million dollars over time because of it wow um yeah they saved a lot of money because of it uh, but no the floor essentially what i think happens is that there's a floor but there's no cap and the luxury tax gets raised no, yeah so and the, i saw that was that was something that i think the owners proposed Yes, the owners just propose it. The owners are all for a floor. And the, the players are, are too. The players want a floor too because that means yep. the teams are having to pay guys. Exactly. But I think it means – and it also gives them what they want. It also gives the players what they want in essence too by paying younger guys sooner mm-hmm. because they'll have to. They'll have to do more in-house extensions. You'll have to see like for the Mariners, for example, you'll have to see like a Jared Kalanick, a Cal Raleigh, a Logan Gilbert, you know. Mm-hmm. Guys who they actually want to pay and keep, and they can, they can put seven of those contracts together, and you know still have a lot of money to spend elsewhere to meet the floor. Right. Yeah, you and know? and this so. is one of the things too is that like I used to, like Brig and I have been beating the drum mercilessly about like baseball needs a salary cap. Baseball needs a salary cap. It'll help with competition. And over the last like month, I've been like, no. A salary cap is not the issue. Is not the salary cap not the the solution is a salary floor. Yep. And and the thing is, like, I understand why the owners would want a salary cap and would want a luxury tax, and it's to protect them from themselves. But to be yeah. completely honest, like, you don't get that rich being an idiot. And I feel no. like they should they would understand that the market is what they said it said it as like these players can go out and ask for 500 million dollars but if nobody's willing to pay them they've got to come down they exactly go, and then they can come back and ask for 400 million dollars but if again if nobody's willing to pay them they've got to come back again with a new number and the fact yep. that like 
Artie Moreno goes out there and gives Mike Trout, who is the most deserving of all the money in the world, by the way, as far as baseball oh, yeah. goes, four hundred and fifty uh-huh, million dollars. And then, but then you've got guys coming out like in the next couple of years, and they're like, "Well, I want four hundred fifty million dollars." Like, no, you're not worth four hundred fifty. You're not Mike Trout, exactly. And the but the problem is, is that there's somebody like Jack Zarenzik who's going to be like, "What does what does Robbie Cano want? He wants three hundred twenty. What three twenty five? Deal. Is there anybody else bidding for Robinson Cano? No. no. Well, let's give no. him that money anyway. Like that's exactly. the problem that baseball has, is that there's no set max contract. There's mm-hmm. no set maximum amount of years. I feel like they're like they're addressing the issues of competition and like paying their players, but they're going about it in the wrong way. The NBA yeah. to me has it figured out with their match. So the NBA one hundred percent does. They they like, have it set out for like position, for like your talent, your skill well, level. It's, it's it's a max number of years, a max dollar amount. And Rob Manfred specifically addressed players hitting free agency earlier does not help the market because those players can leave. I understand that. That's an issue they had in the NBA. How did they solve it? Bird rights. Um, they solved it by offering an extra year that the, that the home team can offer an extra year on their contracts. Yeah, like, they can match. Things... They can match. You can yes, match that there contract. There are things that you can build into the contract to incentivize players to stay because that what those guys want is they want extra years. They want extra guaranteed money. So if you can give them one more year with the same um, annual a- average value, yeah, like and they're going to stick around. Wanna... And a lot of guys do want to stay home. I mean, yeah. they're there for six years anyway. <laughs> yes. They're established. They have kids in school, a family. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in their parts of their community. Yeah. A lot of these guys don't want to leave. Like, look at Matt Chapman, president of the A's. Mm-hmm. He's If there was a floor, the A's would no doubt – he would be their first extension. He would oh, go down tomorrow. as a lifelong A. He would go down mm-hmm. as a lifelong A and one of the greatest out Oakland Athletics of all time. Yeah. Certainly. And and I feel like they, baseball needs to take a page out of the NBA's book and they need to incorporate something along the lines of bird rights, which means mm-hmm. for those of you who don't know what bird rights are, that is a player who plays through his rookie contract and re-signs with his original team. He has he gets, what, an extra year? I oh, believe it's team, an extra year. The team basically gets uh, a year of his contract not counted against the cap. Yeah. I believe is what it is. So yeah. there's... So there's no repercussions for the team for giving him a whole bunch of money, but then yep. also, and I think is... it's that first year of that new contract too. Yeah, yeah, it's like that transition. It just gets and, like spread and the out. Fact over that time. baseball doesn't have a salary cap, like just don't count it against the luxury tax luxury tax threshold, because yeah. te- like teams are teaching or treating it like a salary cap, which is kind of the idea. It's not yeah. a hard cap. You yeah, know? But there is a there is a penalty. It, Along the lines of what you would get penalized if you're uh, if you're not staying within a, a, a salary cap, like it's a sneaky yeah. salary cap, is what it is. <laughs> it is, it is exactly. And only two teams in 2021 went over the salary cap: the Dodgers and the Padres. Mm-hmm. We saw how that ended for one team and how it went for the other team. Um, it doesn't always work. It doesn't. It not no. work. It doesn't. And doesn't that's the thing the that's Padres. funny is that that baseball is the one sport that's without a salary cap and you're seeing more teams win a world series win the net win the title than there are in any other sport in the last 20 years oh yeah different teams the problem that they have though is that there are teams that aren't spending and they're not competitive 
Like mm-hmm. the A's can only get to the playoffs. They they can they will not bring in the impact player to take them over the top to win the World nope. Series. Um, the Rays can get to the World Series, but they will not pay that impact player to get them over the top to win the World oh, Series. They, they did. They just did. They just did. Yes, finally. <laughs> Finally, they yeah, paid him. No, but is he going to be? I mean, are the Rays going to make the World Series next year? Is is he going to be around? You know, is it going to be three years by the time they make make it to yeah. the World Series again? Or in that time, are they going to have traded him? Because they did to Blake it. Snell. That's true. They didn't. They never extended Blake. Well, they did extend Blake Snell. Yeah, and they trade, and then they traded his contract to That's San Diego. True. But no one wants a ten-year contract. So no, nobody does except, want ten years except for the that. Mets. The Mets wanted Cano. And the Mets too. Yeah. <laughs> well, but at that point, there were six years left on it. What, five or six years left on it? Yeah. Maybe a little less than that. Yeah. And uh, I think he's still on the books and could play in 2022. Yeah. As long as he doesn't test positive again. <laughs> nope. He's been raking in the DR. <laughs> I'm sure he has been. The dude can hit. The oh, dude yeah. can he... play baseball, like, flat yeah. out. If there's a DH in the NO, I absolutely think the Mets are like, Oh yeah, Robbie, got their guy. <laughs> Robbie, here you go. Here's a job for you. Hit the ball. Don't do PEDs. And we will pay somebody to follow you 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week, and monitor everything that goes into your body because we have to have your bat. Dude, Steve Cohen will probably do it himself at that point. I would. <laughs> I'd shower with the dude if that's what it took, man. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. What is that? It is a Chips Ahoy cookie. Lay off me. Uh, no, give it, give me the cookie, Robbie. <laughs> but no, so we talked salary cap floor, free agency uh, time, and arbitration. We we talked on the, about that a little bit. That players want to be want to become free agents earlier, which makes sense because six years is a long time. Yeah, well, there's also a part of this as well when it comes to arbitration. The mm-hmm. players also want arbitration after two years of service. Right, and I understand that. Which, of course, you know, if Kalanick, you know, breaks out after year one and year two, Randy Rosarena, another guy mm-hmm. who was broken out after two years, you know, or. Well, he was know, technically I, still a rookie this year. Exa- well, exactly. Technicality. <laughs> another one of those things that's broken. But, like, they want, they just want arbitration after two seasons. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing the players want. They want, you know, six years of service down to five years of service and 29 and a half years of age. Whichever comes first, five or twenty-nine, which helps mm-hmm. those late bloomers. Like not every yeah. baseball player is a Mike Trout, Bryce Harper kind of guy. Some right, not everybody's like going to get called up in twenty twenty-one. Like um, Jonathan India is twenty-four and won the Rookie of the Year this year for yeah. the Reds. Alec Alec Baum, uh, Jake Cronenworth, both in their mm-hmm. mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so I totally understand that that they want they want to become free agents earlier because they, and this is the other thing with that is that the average amount of service time has gone down by almost a year and a half compared to what it was even just like six years ago. That's a big deal. And so these guys saying like, we want to get paid sooner because our careers are shorter. Analytics are saying that you should not pay us in our mid thirties, in our early to mid thirties, because there's a guy nine years younger who's going to contribute to the team more. And for long, 100%. Yeah, no, exactly. And, a part of that's also the minor league system in baseball is completely broken too. It's right. great because there's a long, it's long, it's way too long. Mm-hmm. Julio too Rodriguez for but, but the does thing not is, need though, to go to Double A at the beginning of this last season. No, he, he should have been in Triple A. Though, 
I've always argued though that the that the long minor league system makes for a better product at the top. But not which, every not every guy needs it, but every guy has to go through it, which is I know because it's well. I mean, most guys. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman didn't go through the minors at all. He started opening day the year after he was drafted. So. That's true. I mean, but, but like that's some guys, very Billy rare. Bean, Billy Bean needed it. Right. Yeah, and there are, and you know some guys are in the minor leagues just as sparring partners, as Brig has put it. Yeah, they're only there to fill out a roster. Yep. And those guys know who they are. They're aware. Yeah, they do, and they're they're happy with it because they're at that at that point in their career, they're like, I'm just living the dream. I love what I'm doing. I'm playing know, triple A baseball. baseball. And it, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, but those are kind of. I guess your highlights for the for the CBA, some of the hot topics, uh, competitive yeah. balance. We 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 touched on that. Uh, you know that money and free agency are going to play big roles in what they decide with competitive balance, things like that. Yep. Um, so keep an eye on it. If there is anything any update at all by next week, we're going to talk about it uh, because this is a, a really important issue. Because the longer this drags out, the less likely we are is to have spring training in February. And I or think quality that... spring training even or a quality beginning of the season because one thing mm-hmm. that no one's really talking about is how this affects guys who are injured right now. No one's That's talking about like think about think about Ken Giles on the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Rehabbing doesn't rehab, loses two months of progress on his rehab. Yeah, because they can't work with the team trainers right now. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So there are probably we're probably going to see another year with a ton of injuries, just like we did after the COVID season, because nobody could yep. go to the facility and work out. They go play that sixty game season, and they ramp up with the same amount of time off, and they start yep. spring training, go into the year. So I think, honestly, I think the players are going to find a way, are going to have to find a way to compromise on this because the owners are stuck. Their heels are dug in deep. Yeah, I think it's I think it's two ways on like a a lot of things. There's there's like some mutual ground. Like the owners already said, we'll do a we'll do a universal DH. Uh huh. The owners said exactly. The owners have said we'll do a salary floor. The owners have said we'll do expanded playoffs. The PA will have to budge on expanded playoffs, which ultimately helps everyone. Which is so weird that they're like, no, we don't want fourteen. We want twelve. Like TV money, TV. Look how great it's doing for the NFL. Well, this is the thing, though, is that the, all the money from the playoffs goes to the teams, but you're in, you're you're going to get your playoff, like you're going to get your playoff shares. You, like that's the thing is, I, actually, it's it's not the TV money; it's it's the gate. The team gets the entire gate during the playoffs, and I think the TV money is split among the players. It's like, but you get your playoff share, and and there's more of you to play more meaningful games throughout the course of the season like you like you said before that there are going to be more meaningful games played in April, May, June even by teams that didn't think that they had a chance going into the season that now they're going to feel like they have more of a chance they're going to be more competitive they're going to try to win those games going into the early part of the season and it's going to make a, a major impact on attitudes of those small market teams that really struggle like the Orioles like if I was an Orioles fan I'd be ecstatic as a Mariners fan I'm already looking forward to next year but even more so like there might be teams below the Mariners in the playoffs with an expanded playoff oh yeah so. no I agree I think it's I think it's great for all of baseball to for an expanded playoffs because I mean it's one of those things where the MLB needs to take a page out of the NBA's book for some stuff they need mm-hmm. to take a page out of the NFL's book for this one 
because it is mm-hmm. working for the NFL right now. It Big is time. absolutely working. Like, how many more teams are like competitive right now? Mm-hmm. Like the whole, like half the AFC is competitive, half the NFC is competitive. It's like it's it's great to watch football. Well, our Seahawks were what three and we were tied for fifteenth. Three and seven, at, and it was like we're like two bounces and two weeks away from still being in the hunt. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, exactly. And it's week fourteen, and there's an extra week, so it's yeah. like, like now, not so much at four, what, four and eight, I think. But uh, there's a chance we but did make a it seven chance. and nine one year. We did make it at seven and nine. We, one year. It's true, it's true. But I don't know. I feel like as a baseball fan, like I don't understand why there's so much pushback, especially by fans with expanded playoffs, because people are worried about it watering us down. It's like, no, you, we want more playoff baseball. We no, want it, more meaningful games. Like, and we the, saw it and, worked last and worked in twenty twenty with the short schedules. Work. Yeah, like the short, like it was like boom, 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 boom. It was so much fun. And the thing that kills me too is like, it's like, are the people who are against expanded playoffs are they fans of the Yankees, the Dodgers, oh, yeah. the Cardinals? Oh yeah, you know <laughs> the yeah. Red Sox because yeah. they're worried that a team like the Mariners, the Rays, um, the White Sox the Giants, the Padres, that are going to come in and knock their teams out and not give them a chance to win a World 100%. Series? Is that really what you're worried about? 100%. It's large or are you worried about teams, quality playoff? It's the large market owners that are like, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And the fans of those large market teams, I feel like, too. Yeah. No, but anyway, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Jewel and I are actually going to do a factory reset fantasy draft across all of Major League Baseball, just in case there is an absolute catastrophe with the CBA negotiations. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome back, baseball family. So I talked about how we're going to do uh, a factory reset fantasy draft. Um, But before we do that, Jewel texted me the other day with an interesting question. Go ahead, Jewel. So I was on the Twitter sphere, as per usual, before bed. Twitter machine, I love it. Yep, before bed, you know, scrolling through baseball Twitter. (laughs) Of course. um, Trying to get the Mets' attention to be their next manager, but... Um, I saw this awesome Twitter feed like that. The question was, who would you rank as the second best player of the last decade after Mike Trout? Because Mike Trout is number one, de facto best Mm -hmm. player in all of baseball injury, not injured of the last decade, the best player in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, So I shot this question to you. I'm like, I need you to tell me who the second best player is, but I also want to rank all these guys. Um, So those guys are, I'm not going to give these in any order. Betts, Mookie Betts, Miguel Cabrera, Buster Posey, Clayton Kershaw, and Bryce Harper. Okay. So who, for you, let's let's go five to one. Five so to one. Yeah, let's go okay. bottom to your from your sixth best to your second best after number two after okay. Trout. My number five is Buster Posey. My number five is Mookie Betts. Whoa, really? Okay. Yeah. Next, I have Bryce Harper. Ooh, 
Next, I have Buster Posey. <laughs> Let's see. We could do a whole episode on this. Oh, we could. <laughs> and then next I have Clayton Kershaw. Uh, next I have Miguel Cabrera. And then I have Mookie Betts. Okay. My third best is Clayton Kershaw. Wait, so my third was... Oh, wait, I had I had Kershaw at three. Did I miss somebody? How many are there? Five, no, there's right? five. Yeah, so this is your... So now we did... So Betts was my five... So I had I had Posey, Harper, Kershaw. So I had then I had Betts, Posey, Cabr- or Miggy. Okay, and then I have Betts as my number two. I have Kershaw as my number two. And I have Miggy at my number one. I have Harper as my number one. What? Really? Yep. Legitimately yep. behind Mike Trout. I legit. 2015, 2021 MVP, six no. years apart for MVPs. I get it. That I mean, part of it is that he came up so young. Um, yeah. And I, and like I've said this a hundred times, if I've said it once on this podcast, I love me some Bryce Harper. Oh yeah. And it, it hurt me putting him at number four, but um, Mookie Betts does so many things well that like. Like to me, I consider Bryce Harper just an, like a little bit of a negative defensively, and I could I put Mookie Betts at a plus. Um, at the plate, uh, I feel like I'm going to have Mookie Betts hitting more for average. And don't get me wrong, Harper hits for average, and I love it. I love I think his Harper's OPS. Get, get on base more, and Harper's going to just do more. Like, in ta- well, I think they're both going to do about the same intangibly for yeah. your team. Well, they um, both are just like so high up there on like the cool factor that I would yeah. put them both on first team all cool ML like MLB all cool. Oh, one hundred percent. Like imagine sure. an outfield of Trout, Harper, and Pet Betts. <laughs> Insane. It'd be like Whoever... a, a Backstreet Boys concert with all the girls in the in the crowd. Oh yeah, like, like I feel like bad the outfield for whoever... seats would sell out every single game. Yeah, I mean, who's gonna fight over right field though? Like. Is Betts going to say, you've won two MVPs, so you get right field, Bryce? Yeah, right field. I'll take I'd put left. Betts. I'd probably put, uh, I don't know, because this is the thing, is they both have cannons, so you can put them both in right field. They're all Who's so faster? Who's faster? Mookie's just like a superior athlete. So. I'd put I keep him in right for that reason. I'd put, yeah. I'd put Harper in left. But you're still going to get that cannon from the corner at home, like that Cespedes uh, throw from years ago. Oh. That was nasty. <laughs> and then I, I had to put Kershaw number three. I had to. I did. I had Kershaw number three on mine like, as well. Kershaw, Kershaw is by far the best pitcher we've seen in the last 15 years. Yes. Yeah, he, like, was, he was incredibly dominant. And the thing is, that it's like really frustrating looking back on his career, is that like all those postseason issues that he had, um, really tainted his legacy. Oh yeah, and then especially like what the Astros did to him is really, yeah. really upsetting. Yeah, no, legitimately I upsetting. I agree. I th- Kershaw is by far the best regular, regular, pit, regular season pitcher probably that we will ever see. Could be. There's Definitely there's no one, one there's no one else right now in the MLB that's even close. Except for his heir, Walker Buehler. I like that guy, too. That's the thing. is, I hate that these guys are Dodgers because I, I like them a lot. I like Buehler. I can't wait for Trevor May to come back. But anyway, I digress. 
Um, okay, so I said before that if something catastrophic were to happen with the CBA, this is like our, our factory reset. But no, what we're doing is the situation is two expansion teams have been brought into Major League Baseball. And um, and we are we're having a we're holding a draft, and no players are protected in this draft. Is what's going on here? Uh, I have to give credit to where it's due. Uh, this idea actually came from Nate Moore in the mailbag. Thank you. Shout Nate, out to you, for, Nate Moore, for the the fun that we're going to have today. All right, now I thought I had a coin, but I do not because I do not carry change on me. Instead. Jewel and I are going to flip this Ken Griffey Jr. for President 1996 button. We're going to flip this. Um, heads, obviously, because the head on the side, Jewel. Tails yeah. is the back side of the pin. Call it in the air. I'll, I'll let you know it lands on the ground. Ready? All right. Now. Yep. Heads. Heads it is. Do you want first or second pick? I want second pick. Okay. Then I will go first. So we're going to start. We're just going to go through positions, go two through nine, designated hitter. One starting pitcher, three relief pitchers, a closer, and a manager. We're going to take a break in there somewhere as well. But here we go. Let's get to it. First, for my catcher, I'm going to pick JT Real Muto. Oh, yes. Thank goodness you did that. So I – oh, that really changes things. I want <laughs> – catcher is one position that I'm willing to, to sacrifice offensively because I want a guy who knows what he's doing behind the dish. And for that, I'm taking platinum glove Jacob Stallings. That's a solid pick. I I actually spent a lot of time on this one, but I I kind of wanted a balance just because I lived through the Mike Zunino era. I he, he's on my <laughs> list. He's on my list. He's actually my my number one option. I, I considered putting him on there, but I was like, I just can't justify a 115 hitter <laughs> I, <laughs> when you've got I, these other guys. But the glove, the defense, the, glove. the pitch calling, the framing. And the managing the pitching staff, everything about it is <sighs> outstanding. But the Phillies do call JT, they call him QB1 for a reason. That's true. No, and so. I'll take Stallings because of the glove. And the no. glove plays for me. He's a little bit younger, so. Okay. We, this, this is a team we are building to compete for three to five years. Yes, three to five years at least, at the very least, if not beyond. Okay, go ahead with your first baseman. Who you got? All right. I am taking Vladdy G. Jr. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. the third. Solid pick. Um, I'm going to take uh, the reigning World – or not the World Series MVP, the National League MVP. No, Freddie Freeman wasn't the National League MVP. He was in anyway. 2020. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to take Frederick. Okay, yep. Okay, he was my taking, second. He was my second option for first base. Taking Frederick because talk about intangibles. This is going to be a clubhouse full of leaders, and we're gonna we're gonna win. Yes, it all. He's, <laughs> Freeman's a good one. I he was my second pick. All right, who are you taking for uh, second base? Second base. Um, I can't. I've got two here that I can't decide between. I'm gonna go younger. I'm gonna go with the younger guy. I'm gonna go with Ozzy Albies. No! <laughs> that was my guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I guess I'll take a leader then. I will take Marcus Semien. He was my other guy. MVP, <laughs> you know, if I need to, if I need to move him around in a couple of years, guess what? Yeah. I can move him to third. He can play short. If one of my guys gets hurt, he's he, he's beautiful. Versatile, yep. Um, at third base, I... 
So right now, I'm looking at Stallings, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Marcus Semien. I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take a perennial guy. I'm going to take Nolan Arenado. So, this is funny. So he was at the top of my list. I actually crossed him off because he was my default. He was the first guy I immediately thought of. But the only problem I had with him is that he is, and I guess not too big of a problem, but he's 30. And there are other guys who are considerably younger who are great, great options at third base. Like for me, um, I I actually, actually went with Austin Riley. Okay. Okay, that's um, that's interesting. I with, I thought about him, but I'm like, man, the, when I was doing this, I'm like, man, the Braves have a lot of talent. They do. And <laughs> looking back, like going through, it's like, well, no wonder they won the World Series. This team's awesome. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> they're so young. <laughs> they are. They're really young. And I, sh- I think the rest of the National League should probably be concerned next year. Yeah, because, no, especially like, when they're healthy. Yes. Cause this is the thing is like, you look at the, like the opening odds the next year. Right. And it's like, well, of course, like you're going to take the, the defending champs to be like towards the top, you know, uh, close to the favorites. But this but is a team that didn't have Marcelo Zuna. This team didn't have Ronald Acuna Jr. They're going to bring back Freddie Freeman. They're, they're going to pay Freddie Freeman. They're not letting him go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So this was one of the things that actually sold me on Austin Riley here. I had to, I had to pull this up was, um, sorry, it's not Things aren't aren't really cooperating for me here on, on baseball reference. But um, one of the big things was his uh, defensive runs saved. That he was actually like absolutely outstanding with defensive runs saved. Um, was it yeah, defensive runs saved above average. He was he had thirteen Cabrian Hayes. Led the league with led Major League Baseball with sixteen. Ryan McMahon had thirteen as well. It's tied for second. Yeah, that's pretty darn was, good defensively, and that's a, he, that, third base is hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> he was first team. He was a first team All MLB for many reasons. He's mm-hmm. very good after so, being counted off almost, you know, just a couple seasons ago as a bust. Well, and the thing that's funny too is like going into the World Series, like somebody like me who like casually follows a lot of East coast teams just because those games are typically over by the time I get to turn games on, you know, mm-hmm. like Austin Riley going to town in the playoffs. Is like, who's this dude? Yeah, exactly. You know, but looking into him more, he's the Braves are set. They're set at third base for a while. All right. He's only 24 I'd... years old. Yeah. I think I know who you're taking at short. So go ahead and do it. Carlos Correa. What? Yeah. I for sure thought you were going a different direction here, but I mean, I guess that for me opens up. He's on my list, actually. He was like, he was my backup. Um, but I guess I'll take El Nino. Mm. <laughs> Just because I, I, I feel like I have to. Yeah, and <laughs> right now, Correa is thought... a more polished version, I feel like. Like, oh, Tatis yeah, is more electric. Tatis is more electric, that's for sure. Yeah, and this but, is an energy um, play. This is an energy play for me. I'm taking Tatis. Yeah, 100%. I like it, though. I'm a big Tatis fan. 
right, in left field, I'm going to go, because we're at seven, right? Seven uh-huh. left field, I'm on. Okay, hold on. Before we get into left field, I kind of okay. took this approach as, like, a guy who, an outfielder who could play left field, right? Who could oh, play I the corner as well? I took it as, like, well? a left fielder. Okay. All right, go ahead. Like a traditional left fielder. I'm going to take... Because, I mean, obviously my team's making the playoffs and I got to win. I'm going to take Randy Rosarena. Okay. He's young. He's fast. He's, he's good and left. So I'm taking Yeah, and he Rosarena. was on my list. But then I was like, well, I could, like, move an outfielder over to left field, especially a guy who's as good and as athletic as Luis Robert. Okay. Okay. I didn't think about the, oh, I didn't think about the White Sox at all for my outfield. All right. Who you, so. who you line up in center next? And Mike Trout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> There's nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> with the yeah. first pick. Yeah. If you're taking Mike Trout, I guess that makes sense. Um, well, a guy who could play center. Can I take Ichiro? Can I take kind of like rewind? He's got to be an active player. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> um, Ichiro wasn't that great in center, though, I felt like. He wasn't. He really He's wasn't. Way better in right. Oh, he was amazing in right. Um, a guy who could play center and play it pretty darn well. I'm gonna go ahead and take Mookie Betts. <clears throat> Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. He was my backup at center. Okay. Who if you, you took Trout, I was gonna take Betts. Okay. Um, go. Well, sorry. I'm go right ahead. Field. Right field. Right field. Go oh, ahead. Right field. You know who I'm taking in right field. Baby Shark Juan Soto. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I've, he was he was top of my list too. Um, all right, last pick, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, so my my right fielder, I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr. Nice. My backup was actually Aaron Judge for right field. Interesting pick. Yeah. Interesting pick from a staunch Yankee hater. I know, but he's so good. He is really good. He is so good. Stupid good. And, like, fans love him. He's tall. He's handsome. Yeah, it's true. Everything you need. Everything you want in right fielder. (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break. We get back. We will start with the DH and finish things off. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports. From current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Nonlinear Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. We are doing our ex- expansion draft, our hypothetical expansion draft. Um, so it is my pick. We're on to the designated hitter, and I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball here, Jewel, on who I'm taking as my DH. I'm going to take El Nino as my DH. Is that is that against the rules? Wait, I already took El Nino as my. I shortstop. know that's on, but it's like a different position. Is that? No, we can't. There's not two El Ninos. Oh, that's true. You're right. Then I'll take Otani. Okay. I knew you were going to take Otani, <laughs> so I'm actually going to take Bryce Harper. Hmm. That's a solid pick. Harper was solid my backup. DH. 
because I and you know what? outfield and I would love to have Bryce Harper as a Mariner as a DH, like oh. so bad, so much. I would oh. love it. That'd be perfect. But, all all right, right, go ahead. So Who's you, your starting pitcher? If we're going in a one-game series, a guy who I know is going to age well, I'm taking <clears throat> taking Garrett Cole from the Yankees. Oh, yikes. He's going to age. He's going to age super well. The talent's mm-hmm. there. It's always been there, whether he was in Pittsburgh, Houston, or now in New York, yeah. it's there. It's great. And he figured stuff and... out post sticky stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dominant. Yeah. Dominant. He is. Uh, I don't think he's as dominant as my guy, though. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? I'm your taking starter? Jacob Degrom. Degrom was my next pick, but <laughs> the health, the health worried me. You know what, though, with what you get when he is healthy, I'll take it. I'll take oh, the yeah. risk. Well, he even like scored like the all the runs in the game too when he starts. And he I know the dude hit. is one. The dude, the dude has one game single handedly. Yeah. And you, he, you know, and he does feel older than he is, but he's only thirty three. Yeah, he's he's still relatively for for a starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he but just he's... needs to cool it off a little bit. Stop trying to throw a hundred and you know settle <laughs> with ninety five, ninety six. Yeah, that's you're gonna tell stuff. a guy. Take a little off. <laughs> I would for Garrett for Degrom's like long term like. Tone it back a little bit. I don't know. I'd still have him bring it. I might just monitor his pitch count a little bit more because you can't have him going deep into every game, even though he's perfectly, obviously, like capable of it because oh, of, yeah. he's in a situation to do it and you kind of need him to. But I might like dial that back a little bit. Like, let's like have you go five and then we'll cut it regardless. And yeah. Build up a bullpen around you. But, exactly. Which but it's tough is... to do that dominant. Yeah, next on you, who's your first bullpen piece? Um Kendall Graveman is my first bullpen piece. I don't know why I went with him first, but I decided to go with Graveman as my first reliever. Okay. I'm gonna take um I'm gonna take Devin Williams from Milwaukee. The twenty nineteen mm-hmm. runner. Uh, 2020 Rookie of the Year runner-up. Okay. So, um, my next guy. <laughs> um, I was in love with the Mariners bullpen this year. I'll be honest. I'm gonna go with Casey Sadler. Okay. Okay. I would if I was. I would if anyone from the Mariners bullpen. I'm not taking him. I would have taken Steckenrider. Well. Or Seawold or anyone he else. He may or may not be on my list. <laughs> okay. The next guy I'm going to take um, as a reliever, as a reliever, I'm going to take a Rodas Chapman. Oh, that's <laughs> that's nice. And you know what? That, that's funny because I was looking at him and I was like, you know what? I'm not in love with him as a closer anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but for short relief, the setup I'll throw man. Him out, I'll throw him out there in seventh, eighth. Yeah. A well, lefty. He's going to get six out, but he'll get three for sure. Yeah, yeah, a lefty a that you man. can rely on. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Okay, my next guy, I'm going to go with Will Smith. And we, we're doing three relievers, one closer, right? Correct. Okay. Um, so my next reliever I'm going to take, and this is another guy, same boat as Chapman, who I don't love as a closer anymore, but I still love the guy, is Kenley Jansen. 
And yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, he, yeah, as a setup man, yeah. I'd take him. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I would not want to see him in the eighth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like what the Mariners tried to do with Diego Castillo, right, as a setup man. Oh, I oh, think yeah. they tried to see him as closer, but then it was later a setup man. Yeah, but no, he's a good. A, he's a very good, good setup man. Yeah, good choice. All right, um, let's see here. So you're first on closer. Okay. So I got my bullpen of Chapman, Jansen, and Devin Williams. I'm going to take a fan favorite in the Mad Hatter. I'm taking the back end of the Brewers bullpen, taking Josh Hatter. Because mm-hmm. I think he is the best closer in the National League. And it's not close. You can have him. You can have him. Because um, I want I want Paul Seawald. <laughs> the energy <laughs> is so good with Paul Seawald. <laughs> I love that guy. He's awesome. So, uh, real quick story about him. So, we were sitting next to the bullpen when, when I took my son Wilson to the game. Uh, when the Mariners were in town, you know, it was the Saturday night game. Yeah, Saturday night game of that of that weekend series. And um, I don't know the bullpen catcher's name, Baez. It's like number six or 66 or whatever like that. And uh, and a ball like straight went between his legs, hit the wall, and then came back and hit him in the back. And Seawall turns around and he's like, hey, come on, get down, work hard. It's like the, like the, tra- like the traditional... <laughs> <laughs> the traditional like coach coaching up his, yeah. his catcher, you know, just come on, get down on that six. Come on, work hard. I hated that. I like played this. catcher. The very first position I played in Little League was catcher. And that that gives me trauma. That gives me <laughs> bad memories. All right. Ooh, no, it, it was funny because I, I could tell he's joking. But anyway. All right. Um my I mean, who's, your, first who's your manager? Manager. Um I've gotta go with, with Joe Madden. Okay, I'm going to take Mr. Analytics. I'm taking Kevin Cash. Mm. Yeah, see, and like, so my reasoning behind Madden is I feel like he would be able to find a creative way to bring all this talent together and make them play as a cohesive unit and find some creative way to use, you know, mix up that outfield Work with that oh, yeah. talent in the in the infield and things like that. So that's I guess oh, no, that's I have to go with Madden because the, the dude is just like there's something going on up there. And I don't know what it is, but yeah, no, like and that. that's that's a lot of the same reason I went with Kevin Cash because Kevin Cash can make a hundred win team out of a forty million dollar payroll. <laughs> yeah, Kevin Cash or the front office. I don't know which one it is. Whoever it is is doing a great job down there, though. I just, I Kevin Cash is. <laughs> Back-to-back finalist for AL Manager of the Year, and then yeah. his system is now spreading mm-hmm. to Toronto. His coaching tree is like expanding with quality coaches. Like, yeah, that's true. Is he is he going to be like the Bill Belichick of MLB, where like guys are like, oh, you coached with Cash, come on over, one hundred percent. Like uh, Cash like, is one of those um, guys who, and, who's the coach of the rams right now um sean mcveigh McVay, yeah like oh you were friends with mcveigh in college come on over here and coach yeah <laughs> oh you're from the mcveigh coaching tree you were his <laughs> you know third his assistant linebackers coach <laughs> yeah that's what's gonna happen with kevin cash and his coaching tree so those guys are gonna be all over the league and it's yeah. gonna be uh yeah it's gonna be uh impacted by him okay so yeah. real quick my team 
starting from my starting pitcher down through nine, I have Jacob DeGrom, JT Realmuto, uh, Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Carlos Correa, Luis Robert, uh, Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna Jr., and Shohei Otani coming in at DH, all managed by um, Joe Madden. Oh, and relievers, Kendall Graven, Will Smith, Casey Sadler, and closing it out with Paul Seawald. And I took um, Garrett Cole on the mound, opposite. Stallings behind the plate. Vlad Guerrero at first. Semyon at second. Nolan Arenado at third. Tatis at the keystone. No, that's second. My bad. Um, Tatis at short. <laughs> Arosa Reina in left. Mookie Betts in center. Juan Soto in right. Harper at my DH. While Chapman, Jansen, Williams all handled the bullpen duties. While the Mad Hatter will close this game out and ultimately win the game and keep us going in the playoffs, all managed by Kevin Cash for your Jackson, Mississippi River Cats. Oh, the the River Cats. That's solid. That's solid. Jackson City, so, Jackson River Cats. Okay, so I went with Charlotte. Of course, and, uh, that was my yeah, second pick. And they're gonna steal their color scheme. From the Hornets, they're going to have a similar color scheme from the Hornets, but they're going to take a name from the KBO, and they're going to be the Charlotte Dinos for no other reason than the name is awesome. That's that's true. No, that is why I like the River Cats because Jackson River Cats, and you know, for me, Mississippi was like the perfect place because it's like tucked down in there in the South. Mm-hmm. It needs some more baseball down there. Yeah. Imagine going to like a River Cats game in Jackson, Mississippi. Imagine the smells from that ballpark and that block on the game day. day. Yeah. Just some Southern Blues music on the corner. <laughs> Jazz. Ooh. I think it's be a good way to go. I like game. it. I like it. And all so, the highlights would be a guy like eating a rib, catching a foul ball. One hundred percent. Absolutely one hundred percent. Very good. Well, baseball family, let us know what you think about our teams. Uh, how horrible are we at drafting or how great did we do? And what do you think about our team names? I'm the Charlotte Dinos. And then you had the Jackson uh, River. What was it, the River Cats? River Cats. River, yep. Yeah, the Jackson River Cats. Uh, let us know. And heck, if you want to send us your, your team and your team name, send it on over and we'll read it off on the podcast. You can do that by jumping in the mailbag at baseballtogether.com. And there's a link in the in the navigation there. There's also always a link in the description down below the episode as well. And while you're online, don't forget to jump on the shop at 9plusus.com. Spell it out, N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com, where you can get uh, Jewel is wearing the hashtag true to the blue shirt tonight. Uh, that is from our hashtag series. I have on my United We Fan Arizona inspired hat and my, of course, pirate baseball shirt because i wear this at least three times a week uh because it's fantastic and i love it but anyway jewel thanks again for jumping on with me and uh and filling in for brig this week really appreciate it of course of course we didn't have to hear about the yankees too much so i mean that's always a blessing to the listeners it is Uh, yeah i'm sure they really appreciate it and you know while you're online shopping at nine plus us make sure you head over to theballboyblog.com um you know, just started revamping the content going into 2022. No better time while there's no baseball. Uh, exactly. Tasty talk. I'll be talking about the CBA this week's a uh, couple of the points he mentioned today, a couple that we didn't, um, you know, and just going throughout that. So if you want the audio content, you got baseball together. If you're more of the written word, that's what I'm here for. 
Yeah, because I'll be honest with you, we don't keep up on the Baseball Together blog as nearly as much as we like to, and by that I mean like really at all these days. So hop on over to the Ball Boy blog and uh, check out what Jules doing there. He does some great stuff. But once again, thank you very much. And Baseball Family, we will catch you next week. Mm-hmm.